0: With the Lord's will and purpose. The Holy Spirit needs to be essential in us. Today, we celebrate Trinity Sunday, a Sunday when we are thrice blessed, although we're thrice blessed every time we worship God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. A few years ago, I was at a church and a deacon got up and said, I don't understand this whole thing about the Trinity. Therefore, I'm not going to talk about it. Wow, that was deep. You know, I can explain it very simply. Boys, listen to this. To my son Aaron and my other children, now adult children, I am the best father they could ever think of heaven. Ever think of heaven. They see me as father. To my wife Brenda... But she couldn't have a better husband. I'm the best husband to her. I walk literally on water, she thinks. She sees me in a different light. To my mother, I was naturally, as you can figure, her favorite child. She loved me more than my brother, Charles. She loved me more than my sisters after sisters. I was the bright light. In the house. After all, she named me Andrew after the saint. So each one of them saw me in a different light, but I'm just one person. That's an overly simplistic way of putting it, but it's a way maybe you can understand if you have trouble with the Trinity. I frankly don't. But I think that it's good to understand God the Father, God the Son are with us, they're there. The Holy Spirit is around us all the time. I'm going to say in here later on that wind and Holy Spirit in the Greek are the same word. So when you hear the Holy Spirit, you can say wind, and when you hear wind, you can translate it to Holy Spirit. Try doing that when you're reading a passage like I'm going to be doing today to do that. Now, Nicodemus... I, I occasionally, when I, I do this, this lesson here, I think of Nicodemus slinking around at night to go see this Jesus person. He's mentioned three times in John's Gospel, and only John's Gospel, he's mentioned these three times. In the beginning of our lesson today, he is on the verge, something interests him about Jesus, something is different about Jesus. He came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doesn't accept God to be with him. He's around the edges. He hasn't quite believed yet. But in John's gospel in the seventh chapter, 50th verse, he defends Jesus against the charges in the Sanhedrin, along with Joseph of Arimathea but then we see him again fully accepting Jesus as God in uh, uh, the 19th chapter of John verses 38 and 39 when they publicly stand with the disciples a big move because Jesus had just been put on the cross. And here they are, standing with the known friends of Jesus, boldly accepting Jesus. A little late, but I guess it's never too late. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, or, Amen, Amen, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. It may be translated again as it was or from above. Now, I don't know about you, but I scratch my head occasionally at that one. Unless a man be born again. My friends, it's talking about faith. And that some of my Baptist friends will say, as if to trump me, pardon the expression there. Have you been born again? After all, I have. And I take it up one step a little above that, and I go, I'm born three or four times a day. Because that's what it takes sometimes. You know, the old saying, when you're green, you grow. When you're ripe, you rot. So if you've been born again, you know it all right. It's a constant reawakening of your faith, constant, not dormant, but constant. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born again when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus is somewhat bewildered at this, says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and the spirit, He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Born of water implies a natural, physical birth, since spirit refers to supernatural superbirth. Biologically, life, flesh, cannot enter God, but spirit must dwell also in that person. If you want to look up in your pew Bibles, it's 1 Peter one twenty-three, page 1014. And it's verse 23. Since you have been born again, not of perishable or corruptible in the King James Version, seed, but of imperishable, though the living and abiding word of God. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Romans 10, which I won't have you turn to, says, so then faith cometh by hearing the word of God. I'm going to add to that a little bit. Hearing, hear. Not like, you got to hear it here. And it's got to mean something to you. How can people call upon God if they've never heard of him? You know, usually people will call me and I want them to call me. Sometimes people will call me who don't go to church, they'll get my name someplace, and they've had bad news. They hear they're going to die. Something serious is going to happen. They're going to have an operation. They lost a loved one. It goes on and on. And they want to come to me and have me assure them that everything's going to be all right. If they don't have faith, what's good is my assurance. You know, people reach out to God. Bad news. Oh, God! And I could just see God looking down up there. Do I know you? You know. We tend to want to work on a relationship with God when the world is not going our way. But we need to look to God when the world is going all our way. And we need to give him thanks. Faith comes... From hearing God's Word. And it changes us. You pray to God. You know, when we do a Bible study, one of the questions I ask at the end is so you learn this tonight, how's it affect you? Because if it has no effect on you, you just wasted your time. Hearing the Word of God should have an immediate effect effect on you before you leave your study. The word is the seed. The seed is planted. And the spirit brings it to life. The word of God is necessary for rebirth. It is again word and spirit together. Again, I said this last week. The word alone causes one to dry up. The spirit alone causes one to blow up. But word and spirit together causes one to grow up. Word and spirit. Sometimes people get a little nervous about saying spirit Because they think people are going to look at them like they're nuts. Let them look. Because you're nutty for God. And that's nothing to be ashamed about. Marvel not that I said unto thee, "Ye must be born again. The word, the wind bloweth where it listeth. The spirit blows where it wants. The wind blows where it wants. The Holy Spirit is there. And thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, and whither it goes. So it is every one that is born of the Spirit. The work of the Holy Spirit is superhuman and sovereign. It's mysterious. The wind in the renewal of the human heart. Again, there is a play on words of dual meaning at work. The word win, and again in the Greek, can also be translated spirit. There are no capital letters in the Greek. They're all small letters. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, and again Jesus at this, he's going, this guy is a teacher. He's a rabbi. He knows scripture. He get there. You know, that, that, that's me playing Jesus. That's not Jesus. But that's how I would feel. How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou my master of Israel, and knowest not these things? He's a master of old things. Not willing to awake to new things. Let me go down. That was verse 9, but all the way to 15. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Eternal life. Whoever believeth in him. Being a religious person is not easy. It's hard. It's hard work. Because sometimes you have to stand up for things that are not popular. You know, we're not woke in this church. Other churches, you have to be woke to be accepted. We are who we are, and we believe where we stand with Jesus in traditional values of the church. They're not popular with some people, but that's who we are as Christians. John 3.16, which I was going to incorporate in the gospel reading today, because I think it needs to be said. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. His love is unconditional. And our love for him should be unconditional. Some days you're full of the faith. Some days you're not. Some days you're weakened. The faith's still there, but you're weakened. Of course, human. But on those times, on those days, we need to reach out and hear his word. We need to reach out and say, Dear Lord, guide me home. Bring me back to where I worship you and love you. Bring me home. Holy Spirit, be with me as I travel on that journey. Guide me and help me to hear his word. Listening to the word of God and praying for the Holy Spirit to guide you will bring you from the dark to the light. It's work. It's not easy. But the reward is eternal life. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Remember Father's Day. Don't let him down. He's mean.